The combine is nearly over as we record this episode. Who are the Bengals meeting with and what does that tell us about their draft plans? Plus, who's standing out in Indy? You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here on Lockdown Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube, where you can subscribe. You can follow anywhere you get those podcasts and join the first listen club with the many thousands of others of Bengals fans that listen to Lockdown Bengals every day. And the combine nearly over as we're recording this on Sunday. The Bengals have reportedly focused their meetings on a couple of positions. And these are just reported meetings, so we don't have the full picture here. They're limited to their formal meetings in Indianapolis, of course. They only get so many of those. But of those that have been reported, and this is before we know everything necessarily about offensive line, for example. And we'll we'll have more information about that as the week goes on. The focus, James seems to be a disproportionate amount of reported visits with running backs and with tight ends. And the tight ends especially stand out because those are guys that, you know, that's the tight end self-reporting. The running backs, you know, we've got some information. They're meeting with a couple of running backs that maybe you haven't have heard that they, they met with. We'll talk about some of those as well. But what are some positions we've been talking about on the offense? Yeah. That lines up pretty well. Tight ends, running backs, and look, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to see that the Bengals could use some juice in both of those rooms, and I, I like to see it. I, not like, I love to see it, and that's why you heard me on the pod just now celebrate a little bit or, or saw me dance if you're watching on YouTube. It's hard to find guys at the tight end position that can block, catch, run, run routes at a high level, catch and make plays downfield, all of those things. It's tough. And so if there are are guys like that, and there are, obviously, in the draft that, that can do most of those things or all of those things, the Bengals are going to be interested in them. So, you know, whether it's meeting with Darnell Washington, who's just a, a freak, man. I mean, mm-hmm. he's 20 pounds away from, from playing tackle, and yet he can run in, in, oh, the 40-yard dash is as fast as half of the receivers, it felt like, on Saturday were running the 40-yard dash or faster. It uh, It's wild to watch him. And the thing that's most impressive, everyone knows about his blocking. But I thought he looked pretty good just running and catching. Just the, the simple stuff that, you know, some of these other guys that they've met with, Sam Laporta, for example, makes look pretty easy. And you knew he was going to catch the ball well and, and run and do those things pretty well. He's smaller. Well, Darnell Washington does that, and he he's much, much bigger. So he's an interesting one. Obviously, we know about Michael Mayer, Laporta. Like I said, they've met with all three of those guys. And uh, it's, it's safe to say that the Bengals are really interested in tight end in a, a deep and talented class. The problem is, is I, I wonder, and we were talking about this before we started, it might be a deep class. And Duke Tobin talked about this, actually, but when he spoke. There might be 27 great tight ends, but if 27 of them go with the first 27 picks and he was being funny there, well, then they might not get any of them. And so drafting at the end of the round, I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic knowing 
that the Bengals have their eyes on tight ends. I think looking at where these guys fit in, where they're projected to be drafted, means that the Bengals may not have the choices that they want to have. They also met with Dalton Kincaid. They also had an informal meeting with Cincinnati Bearcats tight end Josh Wiley. Oh, yeah. They did not meet with Luke Musgrave. They at least has not been reported that they met with uh, Tucker Craft, another big name that, that I've learned this week, South Dakota State, the other Dakota State University, uh, Tucker Craft there, or, or Zach Kuntz from Old Dominion, a name that I believe has picked up some steam this week with his incredible testing, a 10 RAS. Freak. Uh, relative athletic score. He's, He's 24 years old. He's still a freak. Worth noting, though, with him, that he will come into the league at 24. Dalton Kincaid also on the older side. Uh, but, but like you mentioned, James, they're meeting with all these guys that are projected to be first-rounders. The Darnell Washington, Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid trio, those are the guys that are probably consensus graded the highest. I know some people like Luke Musgrave more. Um, I know some people And some they have time don't. to meet with him, too. They, they yeah. have time. Maybe they just didn't do it at the combine. You know, right. there's a pro day. So Right. And, and they have all of their other official visits that they can do with prospects and things like that that we won't always get information about. Uh, it's just at the combine, the prospects are available, and people can ask them, hey, who have you met with? And then they can list off their, their formal meetings. But some really impressive testers at the tight end position. This year, Darnell Washington, you mentioned an absolute unicorn of an athlete with good production, not not elite production, but good production at Georgia was not asked to be Brock Bowers in that Georgia offense, but they had a use for him. I was surprised that he tested this well. I I knew that he would test well. Yeah, but he doesn't move like a four six athlete necessarily on tape to me. Like, he's a guy – I was talking with Joe about this, I think Joe Goodberry about this, and he's a guy that, to me, he, he's fast once he gets up to speed. I was surprised that the 10-yard split, the acceleration was also there for him because he looks a little bit lumbering getting going. But but then he, he's he's going, and then he's going. You know what I mean? Like, he, mm-hmm. he has the, the long speed. Um, Sam Laporta testing really well. Luke Musgrave for, for what he did testing really well. Talked about Zach Koontz, Luke Schoonmaker also testing really well. Tucker Craft also testing really well. And Michael Mayer, who is getting dinged, I think, a little bit, or, or at least I've seen it for his testing, still tested really well. He's just not the unicorn that these other guys are in terms of the freak athletic testing. He still tested like an above-average athlete, and that was never his calling card. So you shouldn't be knocking or really moving any of these guys all that much based on their testing. Cause I don't think anyone tested that far away at the tight end position from what was expected of them. No, I, I agree. And, and with mayor specifically, obviously he's popular in Cincinnati and, and rightfully mm-hmm. so growing up 15 minutes from the stadium and those Joe Burrow quotes it's or the quote, by the way, every tight end in this draft should say that because yeah. it, that, that could be a quick way to a, a huge second contract is mm-hmm. tying, hitching your wagon to Joe Burrow. And whether you're a first rounder or a fifth rounder, that's, that's the way to go. All you need to do is look at Hayden Hurst came here on a one-year deal. He's going to get more money. Fair to say, regardless of the, the market and, and what happened to Uzama. But when it comes to Michael Mayer, I agree with you. The testing isn't wow. Eye popping. I don't know anyone that expected him to to be this eye popping tight end, whether it's running at you know the forty yard dash or, or just any of the the testing that he did. And 
when you watch him, he's just a complete player. And that's the thing that the, the Bengals see, I know they see, is he is able to block, but he can also catch, run, do all of those things. He might not be running a, a four five nine like Sam Laporta, but the production's there. The ability to block is there. I think he's the plug-and-play type, and the Bengals have to decide what they want, right? Do they want uh, a, a premium blocker from the jump and then a guy who in, in Darnell Washington who might take a little time to be super productive in the passing game, might not ever get there? Do they want a guy in Michael Mayer who comes in and is just a – a B across the board uh, on the on the A to F scale and can just block pretty well and catch pretty well and he's good at contested catches and can help you in the red zone. Do they want the pass catching guy in, in Dalton Kincaid? And this decision might be made for them because they're picking mm-hmm. at the end of the round. But yeah, I, I wouldn't ding Michael Mayer for what he did. I thought it was a successful combine for him because he's clearly, to me, far and away the most productive, most complete. And it's not like he ran a four nine, so no. it's okay. He's fine. He's the most technically skilled as well. Like he, he's the most refined out of these tight ends, probably. I mean, in terms of like the 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 full picture of the tight end position and all the things like you just mentioned that he had to do. The last tight end, of course, that the Bengals drafted in the first round, Tyler Eifert, went to the same school. Very different play styles, very different players, of course. But Tyler Eifert, an inch taller. A couple and uh, Mayer, I think, is a couple pounds heavier than Eifert was. No, sorry, Eifert was one pound heavier. So Eifert, a little bit bigger, marginally bigger, jumped three inches higher than Michael Mayer did, an inch farther in the broad jump, and ran a hair faster. He also did his agility drills. We don't know what those look like for Mayer. I think they're expected to be pretty solid, which would fit the rest of his pretty solid profile. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you shouldn't be knocking too much. Michael Mayer for his athleticism. That that's the point there. We can also talk about some of the running backs the Bengals met with and some of the other standouts at the combine as it pertains to guys the Bengals might be interested in so far. Coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. And look, traveling to Indy last week for the NFL Combine, you're in and out of uh, meetings with different coaches. And I gotta be honest with you, you don't really have time to sit down for many meals. You do at the end of the day, maybe you get a quick breakfast. But Built Bar, yeah, they kept me through it. They kept me filled. They were able to to get me through the day. Why? Because they're 100% chocolate, covered in 100% chocolate, high protein, low sugar, low calories. So I wasn't going for an unhealthy option, and I also wasn't sacrificing flavor or taste. You need to check out Built Bars right now. And whether it's churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, they have so many different flavors for you, and you can check them out all at Built dot com right now or you could go to your local walmart your local sam's club and get a box today don't delay get the number one protein bar on the planet built bar at built.com sam's club or walmart let's talk about some of these running backs quickly we're recording this before they've tested so we're not going to dive into a great amount of depth here on these guys but the bengals have met with a lot of running backs and and that's what's interesting to me some of them are the early guys and it was jameer gibbs a first, second round, depending on where you look, running back from Alabama, who has a lot of Ooh. speed to his game, has a lot Ooh, of work Jamal to do as Charles. a pass blocker. A lot of work to do as a pass blocker. Christian McCaffrey. A lot of work to do as a pass blocker. I mean, Christian McCaffrey still 
is is in that boat too i think yeah but, uh, but he's just such a freak it doesn't matter yeah, yeah I, I mean that's also a lofty comparison i think but no uh, that's who that's who he watches and, and look, alvin Kamara is another one right i'm just yeah. go ahead makes sense but 21 years old very productive at alabama there, there's a lot to like obviously with jameer gives kendra miller tcu running back I'm pretty excited about Kendra Miller. I think he's a pretty fun player. Again, good production, good elusiveness, has that ability to hit home runs, doesn't have a lot of wear on the tires. Israel Abanakanda, who I think we talked about with Mike and Joe, maybe that was before we were recording, but another guy with home runs. We talked about him. Yep. And doesn't turn 21 until October. Uh, Israel Abanakanda, younger guy, Zach Charbonnet, who is. Mike at PFF underscore Sands, not PFF, at Bengals underscore Sands on Twitter. It's his favorite running back in the second round. They also met with some later, uh, projected to go later running backs, Tavion Thomas from Utah and Cameron Peoples from Appalachian State. But uh, that's a whole lot of a whole lot of running backs that they either are reported to or we have some, some sources that indicate that the, the Bengals have met with or talked to. And it just shows you that there is at least some interest in this position because this is not something, this is not a position where the Bengals invested a lot of time at the combine in previous years. Last year they did a tight end, but running back, when's the last time we we had a a bunch of reports of the Bengals meeting with running backs? It's been a while. It's time. It's just, it's time. Even if Mixon stays, this isn't necessarily a Mixon conversation. They still need to get younger in that room and, and add more pop and explosion. And we could talk about second level blocking, third level, all, all that stuff, which is part of explosive runs. The other part is having guys that can do it. And they have to find that in this draft. I don't think it's in free agency. I don't think you invest there. I think you have to find it in the draft. So not shocked that those are the guys they they've met with and are meeting with and We'll see. Abana Candace font, right? When when do you take him? Do you can you land him in, in round four or five? Uh, you know, and it's uh it's interesting because the the Bengals, well, we've been doing this long enough, Jake, to to look at it and and usually be able to say, all right, well, this is where they're going to to focus. And I think it's pretty clear cut that that's their focus. Now that doesn't mean that's where they're going round one, right? Is tight end or running back. That's what we've focused a lot of time on today. I actually think that they probably go defense if I had to guess today with that 28th overall pick. But uh, certainly addressing running back, addressing tight end is is really important. And that's why we spent so much time on it. And uh, I certainly think they agree as well. And what stands out to me about this sampling of running backs, and they've probably talked more informally to some. They probably plan to talk to more. They're, they're going to go to pro days for a lot of these guys. What stands out initially, to though, to me is that these are guys that are throughout the draft in terms of where they're expected to be drafted. Jameer Gibbs could be an end of first round guy. Kendra Miller, Israel Banacanda could be day three guys. It could be early day three guys. It could be late day two guys. Maybe Zach Charbonnet, certainly a guy that's solidly projected to go day two and Tavion Thomas and Cameron peoples. I mean, th- those are likely late day three kind of running backs. Yeah. So, so they're talk- talking to running backs reportedly. And again, they're probably talking to more guys than, than we know about, that are scattered throughout the draft, which mm-hmm. tells you that they're ready to go a number of different ways here, but they want to probably do something at that position. Mm-hmm. And they should. And it's much like the tight end spot. I think that it's it's deep enough to where, depending on free agency, 
they could do what they've done in the past at wide receiver, tight end, linebacker, where you do the double dip. Why get a single dip at graders when you can get that double dip? And who knows? Maybe that's Charbonnet, right, in round two or three. Probably would have to be two. Would I have to be two. I, I would think so because they're drafting at the end of the round. So that's the mm-hmm. thing when you say that, like, oh, well, this guy in round three. Well, not really. They're drafting essentially in round three and round two. It's just, uh, you know, a few picks before the, the round switches. So uh, Charbonnet in round two and then one of these late round guys and, and you know, rounds five through seven, something in that range. Who knows? But uh, Gibbs, maybe it's a, a trade down type candidate where they trade down from 28 to 35 because a quarterback's available and and, and that, that's the the route they go. Who knows? But to me, I like that they're doing homework on a bunch of different guys in this running back class because it's rare to have depth match your need, and they clearly have a need at running back. Regardless if Mixon stays, let's say they they bring the band back, and it's Mixon and it's Pirine. Okay, you don't want a young running back in that room? Of course you do. So not, not shocking at all that they, they would draft someone and uh, and try to groom them, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see where they go. But it's uh, it, it's been pretty fun to to watch them and hear about them. Look at all these guys, and it's tough to talk about them. And we could talk more when we have Mike Renner on on our next show from Pro Football Focus about how these guys test because we're recording this before they've they've done all their testing. That's the the interesting part that uh, I can't wait to see. And and there's apparently some some threats to John Ross's forty record out there man One in particular in the running back room maybe maybe i thought tyler scott was going to run much better and and that was a the wider I hope he, are slow i i hope i don't get it i don't understand because he plays so fast i've watched him plenty and there was plenty of talk about it uh, of him running at, at least a four or three mm-hmm. and four four two i think was his best 40 and it was uh it was pretty disappointing four five one was his first one so uh, we'll see if he does better at UC's pro day, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if these running backs can can break that record. It's hard to run four two two. There's always a guy yeah. every year that says it, and now that I'm saying how hard it is, someone's going to do it. But it's uh, it's going to be hard to beat that mark. You know, somebody ran a four two six, which is also incredibly Fine. hard um, without wings. By the way, not sure how you run that fast without yeah, wings. There's like friction and stuff. It doesn't have um, the. Last note I have on these positions is that just because they're interested in these positions doesn't necessarily mean that they get one. And this is like you alluded to, James, mostly due to where they're drafting. I think a lot of these guys go and and kind of leave the Bengals in this awkward in-between no-man's-land kind of spot where you know they might have to reach a handful of picks on their board if they wanted to get one of these positions um, where it isn't necessarily a BPA because maybe the BPA version of that position goes a couple picks before them, maybe five to 10 picks before them. And the next guy they have slotted would be five to 10 picks after them. And there might be another position where there's a guy they like better who, um, you know, plays a valuable position, like one of these edge guys in this class. And there's a lot of freaks on the defensive line this year, maybe a corner where there's a lot of freaks. And so last year we know they wanted to draft a tight end. For example, they didn't end up doing it. And so you you could see some of that happen this year as well. Although I do think that it's going to be a priority for them. And so, that's where you might see, oh, they, they go a little bit deeper on their board if they really want to prioritize it this year. And that's what's going to be uh, interesting to see is how they handle some of those sorts of things because there are a lot of great players in this draft at other positions 
and guys that are testing like freaks at, at positions where that athleticism is, is often very important on the defensive line in the secondary. And so we could talk about some of the other combine standouts to finish up the show coming up next. Let's dive into it with, with, with some other combine standouts. And it seemed like a, it, at least to me, a pretty big cornerback class. Like there are guys six foot and above that are running well, testing well. And, and that was certainly one of my observations. You mentioned the four two six. That's a kid, the Michigan kid, right? Who was just flying. DJ Turner. Yes. And um, hey, you get Dax Hills. That Michigan, here's what I know. That Michigan defense was really, really good. And you get Dax Hills old running mate. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, corner in general is in play and at 28. And it is something that they will will certainly look at heavily uh, early on in this draft. We know how much the Bengals like corner. And, and so I can see pick 60 for the second straight year being a corner. They just don't have to trade up to pick 60 this time. Could certainly see it at uh, at 28 if the right guy's there. And they've talked to some corners too. And so we can talk about the ones we know they've met with. I count seven corners who ran faster than 4-4. Whew. Emmanuel Forbes, Christian Gonzalez, Ooh. Keely Ringo, DJ Turner, who we mentioned ran that 4-2-6, Darius Rush from South Carolina, Jacorian Bennett, Maryland, Maryland, just everyone in that secondary fast, Deontay Banks, the other Maryland corner, cracking 4-4, a bunch of guys in the 4-3s, and, and some in the low 4-3s in this cornerback room. There's probably 12 95-plus percentile athletes at corner, maybe more. I mean, this corner class in general, incredibly athletic, and, and a lot of really good football players too. Uh, the Bengals met at the cornerback position reportedly with Emmanuel Forbes, who's undersized, but I really am a fan of the way he plays the game. He's a little bit light, 166 pounds, a lot of bit light at six, mm. at, at nearly six one, but ran that four three five. Like I said, incredible ball skills, really good production. They met with him, probably questions about that weight. I would certainly have them. Keely Ringo, the Bengals. You just got to get him with, some built bars now. Like all the built bars at Sam's Club. Uh, Keely Ringo, the Bengals also met with out of Georgia. He turns 21 in June, so a younger guy. Um, both of those guys kind of fringe first, second round grades. Clark Phillips, the Bengals also met with. This is not one of those freak testers out of Utah. He actually was one of the worst testers mm -hmm. at the combine at the cornerback position coming in right at average. He's a 50th percentile athlete. He ran a 4-5, so a different kind of player in terms of the athleticism. Uh, but Keith Ringo and Emmanuel Forbes both did test very well. And so there's some interest. I think they're, they're doing their homework at, 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 there with a couple of guys that are talking about that 28th pick being in play. Yeah. And it's, uh, it makes sense. It does. And, and they're going to do their, their homework D line too. That's why I said defense. I, I could just lean that way, but uh, the cornerback spot, there are some guys, if you're, if you're tall, you have length and you can run. I mean, the fact you said seven guys are in a four, three or better. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. Now, now it's up to Lou Anaruma to find which ones, but that that to me is the the best part about, or one of the best parts about having him back, 
obviously the defense is shifting and getting younger. Well, who better to evaluate these guys and help from a, a coaching aspect? We, we already know the front office and all that, but they've done such a good job of finding the right guys for his system. And Cam Taylor Britt looks like he's going to develop into one of those guys. Why not try to find another one in this draft? So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, who else they talk to, how these guys do moving forward. They're going to meet with all of them at pro days moving forward and, and really get to, uh, to dive into the position. And we know that they met with a couple of defensive linemen as well. You, you mentioned defense and, and some really good testers on the yeah. defensive line as well. These guys have tested the last time we talked. I mentioned Adetomia Adebore, Northwestern mm-hmm. Edge, who's just, Freak. I mean, at 282 pounds, this guy ran a 4.49. I mean, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely staggering speed. And yeah. jumps. I mean, his jumps were also insane at 282 pounds. Like, I, I think the biggest freak of the combine by far. They haven't met with Adeboire. I hope they do at some point. But they did meet with Gervin Dexter, Florida interior defensive lineman, and Clemson interior defensive lineman Brian Brees. Um, Dexter, there's a pretty wide range of opinion on. But late second, early third, maybe maybe second third is is where I've seen most people have him graded. Uh, Dexter had good production at Florida. His PFF grading is is not good. Um, but we, we've seen the Bengals go to that Florida interior defensive line slash edge in terms of Zach Carter at the time. Uh, that that well before, Gervon Dexter, uh, another one that fits the bill. He's, he's turning uh, 22 in October, so another relatively young player. Same for Brian Brees, who tested really well for his size doesn't have the production, was a guy who never quite lived up to a very lofty pedigree, but tested well, like Dexter did, and and so they, they got some information on those guys. And then the, the really fun one, James, is, is Nolan Smith. The Bengals met with Nolan mm-hmm. Smith, who set the combine on fire with his 40. Um, you know, 237 pounds, though, is, is the big flag for him. I mean, that's mm-hmm. – very, very light for a guy who's going to be expected to be, you know, a premier pass rusher, that sort of thing, or develop into that sort of role. Yep. And it's, it, it could be as simple as just getting him some built bars, but then how does that speed change, right? How does that, how does the explosion, does it change at all or not? And and can he win with that, the the speed around the edge? It's, it's going to be a question that he's going to have to, to answer. At, at Georgia's pro day, right? I'm, I'm, I doubt he'll test. I doubt he'll run another 40. He'll meet with teams, but you don't need to run another 40 if you run that fast. So it's, uh, it's, um, it's one of those things where now that we're getting all of the information and we could go from there. I, I would say, to me, there's probably only one receiver that would get any consideration at 28 after this testing. Do you think that's fair? Or do you think that that's crazy? That would be available, like because you're assuming some will be picked. No, that they that the Bengals would seriously consider at 28 after overall testing in the entire class. I think there's more than more than one. I just, to me, Addison. I'm they're just incomplete right now. Like Addison isn't in the running anymore. Maybe he gets back into it if he, you know, if he fell. Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, helped himself. Other than that. I think Quentin Johnson, who I think will be long gone. At a TCU. No, I think they'll both be long gone. Would, would I just, be. 
There you yeah, go. Yeah, would be the other. Okay. The other. There's one the for other sure. one. So two. So there's two. Two. Two for sure. Zay Flowers did pretty well. Oh no, he didn't. My no, bad. I'm good. Um, not at twenty eight. Yeah. Because I I just think that there's going to be some whether it's a tight end, whether it's a defensive lineman, whether it's a corner, like all of these other guys. There's going to be one of these hopefully freaks available. That, that you're like, oh, they tested really well and they had their production and they had this and they have that. Y- you know, it's a, a wild uh, time when I'm like, eh, wide receiver. I think this I'm in round one. This isn't the year. This isn't, it isn't. the year. The, the Bengals did meet with a couple of wide receivers reportedly at the combine. Parker Washington from Penn State, whose average big board rank uh, as of a week ago or so was 95th. So uh, third, fourth, late third uh, average big board rank for Parker Washington, 21 year old from Penn state who we don't have testing numbers for. They also met with Antoine green from North Carolina who turns 24 this year. Uh, I imagine this would be a day three, a day three pick uh, tested like an above average athlete. Those are the two reported visits that we've kept track of. So I think that's actually all of the visits that we know of that we actually on the offensive line, we know they met with Darnell Wright. And Richard Gorage from Florida, whose name I'm probably butchering. And I think that's all of the combine visits that... That we know. They, we they know met of. with others. You know they met with others, but... Uh, Those are the ones that we know of, yeah. Yep, yep. And it's... Um, and Ivan Pace Jr. from Cincinnati. Oh, they did, yeah. Who's fun? He is fun. So there you go. Those are all of the combine meetings that we know of. Some of the standouts, some of the some of the big takeaways and, and notes from those meetings. And we'll be joined, like James said, by Mike Renner tomorrow from Pro Football Focus, their head draft guy. We're going to talk about some combine takeaways. Who's moved? Who hasn't moved? Who is just expected to test as well? Because he nailed in his pre-combine article, like these are the guys that I expect to test well. He nailed a lot of those. So I think for him, Maybe not necessarily a ton of changes, but it'll be interesting to hear what some of the big changes are and how he's feeling about this draft after the combine, especially as it pertains to the Bengals. So that's coming your way tomorrow. And until next time, Bengals fans, enjoy the rest of the combine if it's still going on when you listen to this. Hootay, and have a good one.